So it's wonderful to be here. Um, I love being with the Anthem family of churches. feels like home. It really does. And uh, I don't know why they keep asking me back. Maybe it's just because I'm older. Uh, may, uh, maybe George is older than me. I don't know. And so they, so they don't want someone as old as George. But Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, this, is the, this is the year I turned 60, so it's a big year for me. And uh, next week I celebrate 35 years of marriage. So all is good on the Western Front. So let's, uh, we're going we're gonna to s- sneak into 1 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning. And um, I'm going to start reading from chapter 2 verse 14 just to give us context. Um, it's a large text. It's a really important text. There's no ways in 35 minutes, and the clock is counting there, that I could do, do justice to this text. So I'm going to do it. A little different, I think. Not different, but I'm going to put a spin on it, not heresy. Um, and so, we'll see. I always say to the anthem leaders, whenever I come, I want to see how many heresies I can secretly drop in before anyone picks them up. <laughs> so as we read this text now, as we read it, I want you to listen to as I, I speak or, or follow on the screens. And I want you to ask yourself this question as we're going through, if you can, in, like in one sort of phrase, what are you hearing the Holy Spirit say to you right now through that text? Can you do that for me? So you're not just going to read it and listen, you're going to actually say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me now? This whole text is about the Holy Spirit. Speak to me. What are you saying to me right now? But I want you to be able to do it in one phrase. Is that Okay. All on board? Let's go. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? Listen to these words. They're very interesting words. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day... Important that day that is coming will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone 
if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. What did you hear in a phrase? Give me, a few people tell me if you've got anything. God's Spirit lives in you. Say it again. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God transforms the heart. You have your job, God has his job. It will begin and it will end with the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting? The different things we're hearing. We're all one in the one body. All of these things are really important. I'm less spiritual than all of you. I wrote, get your act together. Yeah. Yeah. Just get your act together. That's what Paul's basically saying to this church. You know, I'd use another word than act, but that'd be inappropriate for church. Get your stuff together. You know? Basically, what Paul is saying is you've, a number of things, but one of these first things, you've forgotten who you are. And I think so often as believers, we, we, be, we come blasé with the things of God. We've been in church and we kind of know the Bible. And, we, and so we actually forget who we are, who God has made us to be. Later, Paul writing to, back to Corinth in, in his second letter, he says, You are a new creation. You're not just a... A mere human that's added some religious activity and a bit of knowledge here and a bit of service here. You actually are a new creation. You have been transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You have received the new birth from above. You are a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are new. We've forgotten who we are. And today there's a, there's a, a, a great... And I think rightly so, but there's this whole thing. We have to rediscover our humanity. We have to rediscover our humanity in Jesus. This text tells us, be careful that you don't just become merely human. That we so reduce what we have that we forget that God has made us into new creations. Whole new kinds of people. We become the kind of people that serving the poor is what we naturally do. We've become the kind of people that communicating with God in prayer is what we naturally do. It's not, a, it's not effort. It's not strife. Caring for one another is what we naturally do. Because we've become new kinds of people. Is that, is that all right? Um, the one, have you got the text for 1 Peter up there? It says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's a statement about who you are, who we are as God's people. And we're not merely human. There's a whole new thing in play here. 
And we have to remember that. Um, Paul says you're just acting like humans, not just people who've been indwelt and are led by the Holy Spirit. These are the children of God that are led by their passions and wants and desires. Is that what it says? These are the children of God, those that are led by the Spirit of God. When we just act as mere humans, we put aside the leadings and the guidance of the Holy Spirit and reduce back to our own desires and wants, etc. We get out of sync with the Holy Spirit. So can we put the Galatians 5 text up if we can? We know this text. To me, this is Paul writing to the church in Galatia the same sort of thing. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. Did you read those, some of those words in the text we just read? Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. That covers a lot of other things that, we, that are not listed. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit. This is the sign of a mature person in Christ led by the Spirit. Is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And we'll, we'll leave it there. We are meant to be these people that are saturated in the life of the Holy Spirit. Not just acting out on religious activity. And I think my fear as I'm looking at the church in multiple continents over decades is that it's, we, we kind of reduce to religious activity rather than people who are indwelt and empowered and led by the Holy Spirit into things that God has. And I'm not talking about weird Holy Spirit culture. I'm talking about what it means to be a person living in the new birth. Um, so what are these signs of this immaturity, this fleshliness, this human, mere humanity? He gives us a few. Jealousy, factions, self-interest, taking the credit for success. And then Galatians gives us a whole lot more. I've been around church a long time. George, how long have you been involved in church life? But that doesn't tell me how long. 61 years. 61 years. And I hazard a guess that George, in his 61 years, has seen many factions and envy and jealousy in the church. It's one of the main reasons why people leave. I prefer that leader to that leader. I don't like the way they got the credit for their job, but I didn't get credit for my job. Look what I did. And all he did was do that, and he's getting the credit. I did all the spade work, but he was there and prayed them into the kingdom. What's this all about? It's actually not the way of the Spirit. It's just not. It's actually immaturity. It's acting like a child. I love, love this text because if I go up to someone and I say, you're just acting like a child, they get really offended. 
I say, you should read Corinthians. Then it feels more spiritual. But actually, we act like children. I, as a leader, and I've been in leadership for 30-something years. I've been Christian 40 years. I act like a child sometimes when I see someone else getting credit. And I think, why aren't I getting the credit? I actually did all the work. Especially if you're not the kind of the leader of the church, but you make the leader look good by all, everything that you do, and they get all the invites to dinner and the gift cards. and It's just the way it is. No, no, we, we're in this together. We, we, we're acting like mature people under the Spirit, knowing whatever we do is part of a bigger picture that's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. This church is about Jesus. That's what it's about. If it's not about Jesus, go to a coffee shop and go talk Zen Buddhism or something. This is about Jesus. The center of the church is Jesus. It's built upon his foundation. We go back in Corinthians and we said, I, 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 I don't know anything among you except Christ and him crucified. That's the foundation. You can't lay any other foundation except that foundation. Now we can build upon it. And you can build with all sorts of material. Some people build with, it's not saying here that building with hay is a bad thing. This is not the three little piggies huffing, I'll puff and I'll blow your house down stuff. This is saying in our house there's stone, there's gold, there's silver, there's wood, there's, there's hay. There's all sorts of things that make up the beauty of a house. The question at hand is, how did you build? Why did you build? What is the motivation for your building? What, to what end did you build? Did you build so that you could look good? And your name could be on the plaque as you walk in? House built by Bert. Bert's house. Is that why we did it? That's what this is all about here. It, we, it's just in all our churches, everywhere. It's in your family with your kids if you have more than one. You know, you have your first one and they're like two. And then you have your second one and it happens the day they're born. Because the affection goes to the little one because they need attention. The two one throws a tantrum. Isn't that right? Why? Because this stuff, this is merely hum, human. It's not the life of the Spirit. We've got to get our act together. Which means we actually have to come and submit ourselves to God's purposes and God's plan and God's purpose. Say, God, take over. It doesn't just happen. You've got, to, you've got to work with God. You work out your salvation. You're working it out. Allowing the Spirit to come take hold of you. You see, if you're going to stay immature, then you're just going to, Bert's going to have to teach the same thing over and over and over and over again. We won't put it up, but you can go read the end of Hebrews 5 into Hebrews 6, where he talks about you, sh you should be grown up now, but you just become elementary. You're just like babies. I have to go back and do all the same thing again. Repentance from Degwood, faith in God, basic stuff. I want to take you deeper into the ways of God. But, is that right? So... When I say, yeah, get your act together, I can say this Bert concert, but he has to come back next week and see you all, and I might never get invited back, but that's fine. <laughs> Grow up. Grow up. And when I say that, I'm talking to me too. Grow up. Stop whinging. Stop it. Stop being individualistic. Just grow up into the ways of God. Grow up. Teach your kids to grow up.
That's what Paul's saying to the church here. This church had some problems. There's some good things too, but it had some problems. So that's one of them. So what is the mature way? What's the mature way? If we want to be mature out of this text, there are many other things, but out of this text, what is the mature way in the Spirit? One is knowing that each one of us is on the same playing field in our service to Jesus. One person might be more visible, but they're not more important. One, you know, must really hear his mouth more than anybody else's. Doesn't make him more important. Just makes him fulfilling the role that he serves at this point in time in this community right now. And if you come and you stack the chairs or you come and you pray and no one sees that you are just as important. Because we are one body. There's another part that says, you know, the toe can't say to the little part under your tongue. I don't need you. You know, and the liver can't say to the spleen, nah, get lost. We need, we, we are the body, we need all parts of the body to function, to mature, to grow up and become the kind of people that God wants us to be and to become the body of Christ that he wants us to be with him as the head. Everyone is important. Could you just turn to the person to your left, your right behind you and just say, you're important. Can you do that? Or is that embarrassing? If you can't do that to one another, how on earth are you going to invite someone to Alpha? You're important. You have a part to play. It doesn't matter how big or how small. And the roles change from time to time. It's okay. It's absolutely okay. Another way of knowing what maturity is, is recognizing and giving the glory that all growth and fruit is for Jesus and because of Jesus and by Jesus. So there's no way to boast. Have you seen the notches on my belt here? No, they're none. No. They're none. But that's what we do spiritually. We have notches on the belt. This is how many people I spoke to about Jesus today. So how many hours I prayed today. So how many people I led to Jesus today. This is how much money I gave this month. This is how many mission trips I've been on. This is how, they're notches. Just throw the belt away. Use a piece of string. Don't put knots in it. Just say, no, actually, it's all about Jesus. Because if, if you want the glory now, you, you can get it, but you won't get it later. The scripture talks about that day. There is a day coming. There is a day coming. When everything will be reckoned. You know? James speaks about God gives grace to the The humble. Is a uh, to me, I think humility is one of the great traits of the church. It's humility. Just being humble. We can work toward that by allowing the Spirit to lead us and guide us and help us. No boasting. Nothing to boast about. What is the mature way? Recognizing that we are His. That we actually are his. We belong to Jesus. Anyone heard of Brennan Manning? He's an old, he was an old Catholic priest, who died, amazing man. The first time I heard about him, I thought he was a postmodern woman, young woman, Brennan Manning. But for some reason, he's an old white Catholic priest. But he said this, his prayer, and it's become part of my prayer. Actually, I think I said it on the summit when I did the Lord's Prayer. 
Every day I'm praying, Abba, I belong to you. I must remember that because it's easy to forget. Abba, I belong to you. Therefore, you have responsibility to care for me. Isn't that right? If you have kids, your responsibility to care for them. Did I say this here or did I say it somewhere else? If you decide to have five kids, nothing wrong with that, then just be a parent. Don't expect other people to do all the work for you, you know, because they belong to you. And uh, Abba, I belong to you. And he's got millions and millions, of, and he can care for us each individually. We are his. Paul says we're his field, we're his building, his fellow workers, his builders, his temple, his planters, his waterers. He just goes on giving all these images of who we are to Jesus. The great pictures. There's no escape. I don't feel like a temple today. Oh, maybe you're a brick. I don't feel like a brick today. Oh, you might be a stone. You know, whatever. It's a, it's a beautiful way that Paul uses to describe what it means to belong to God and to act in a mature way. So I don't look at Bert and say, hmm, I'm a brick. I've been formed. You're just merely a stone. No, we need the stones as well and the pebbles and the splinters and the ones that irritate us. And the ones that don't. Maturity is recognizing whatever we build is building upon the foundation that is Jesus. Go look at your life. Look at what you're doing. Look at your family. Look at your parenting. Look at your marriage, your husbanding, or the way you are a wife. Look at the way you are leading the church, the way you're leading in your company. Anything. Just look. Am I doing it from a foundation of Jesus? Servant-hearted. Humble for the long haul, slow and steady, generous, whatever. We build upon a foundation that is Jesus. Not only that, not only is it built upon the foundation, but it's built to his glory. And it's built towards others. Paul writes here in this text and he says, I've done something, but I hope that others will build upon that. How many of you who have children are investing your children hoping they don't go as far as you have? You want to keep them subdued and crushed. How many are like that? No, we all want our kids to go further than we have. We want them to launch off our shoulders and do better and bigger and more dynamic things. Well, the church is like that. We, some person puts something in here. Paul's saying, I want you to go off my shoulders and do more. Jesus said, the things I do, you will do and even greater. Why? He said, I'm laying something, but I want you to go further. That's a mature view. If I build it so it stays with me and it's all about me, that's immature. That's childlike. I won't share my toys. These are my toys. Keep your own toys. No, we share. Have you noticed how many churches are in competition with each other? It's a horrible thing. We're supposed to be one body. No wonder people don't want to come to church. It's kind of weird. I watched, a, I shared this other way. I watched an amazing documentary on the making of bourbon. Do not fall apart. I love bourbon. But, and how they help one another. They're in competition at the marketing level. But at the base level, they're friends. They help one another. This one's... Uh, distillery goes down, he come and makes it. Or the other. They help each other. If they, people making bourbon can do that, how much more the body of Christ? 
Okay. Sign of maturity is knowing that you're building in such a way with the knowledge that there's a day coming where it will be tested. Whatever you're building will be tested. Your marriage will be tested, your parenting will be tested, your grandparenting will be tested, your church planting will be tested, your church leadership will be tested, the way you handle your employees at work will be tested, the way you, as an, you're an employee to the boss will be tested. Everything that you do will be tested. The records will be open. And there will be rewards and loss. Doesn't mean you won't sneak in to be with God. Because I think we have to change our view of what we think heaven's all about. Anyway, but that's another story. But the records will be open. And if you've been wronged and you know you were right, don't try to get even. Just wait. The records, this life is short compared to eternity. Is that right? The record, it will be there. The way you built, you can hide, you can, what's this? You can fool all the people all the time. You can't fool God, not even once. No matter how hard you try. Maturity is being empowered, led, and directed by the Holy Spirit and not by thoughts and actions from the old self of selfishness and envy and jealousy and striving. When you, when you, when you grow into that mature way, I believe that the Holy Spirit leads us into that deeper, more consistent life in Christ. When you're led by the Spirit. We, we don't talk about the deeper life anymore. It's like a, we, don't, we don't talk about those things anymore. But there's the deeper life in, in Jesus where there's something beautiful that God does with us. Our lives are transformed. I love what Dallas Willard said. Who are, the person we are becoming is far more important than what we do. Because if you become a certain person, you will do what needs to be done. But it's possible to do things without becoming the kind of person that Jesus wants you to become. So let's take anthem. How many, I've got eight minutes. I'll be, I'm nearly done. You have a, you have a prayer, do you have a prayer ministry? Prayer times? How many of you come to the prayer times on a regular basis? Don't have to put your hand up. No boasting. So this is a rhetorical question. But actually, if you're saying to people, our church has an amazing prayer ministry, but you never go, you're not the kind of person who prays. But if you become the kind of person that prays, then people will pray. Our church, look, we do missions. And you? No, become the kind of person, person that your whole life is mission or giving or whatever. We're becoming the kind of people as under the new creation, the new birth from above, led by the Spirit, being transformed and shaped into the image and the likeness of Jesus. That's what it's all about. The rest will flow. Someone once said to me as a leader, the size of your church is the size of the, the, the amount of people that come to the prayer meeting. Not how many come on Sunday. It's an interesting one. So, to conclude, I've got six minutes and 54 seconds. Three, two. This text is a call to spiritual transformation. Moving from infancy to maturity. Isn't that what it is? You can stay here if you like, but then don't expect the deeper things of God. Just get the basic stuff. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. 
That's how many of us want to live. No, Jesus loves me. Therefore, I love others. All right? I hope I'm not being in any way offending anybody. (laughs) This is a call to the work of the kingdom. I think for some reason we think we become Christians all by grace. There's no work involved. You've got to work out your salvation. That's part of the growth in between justification and glorification. There's work to be done. Dallas Willow has this quote. He says, when Jesus left, there was still a lot left to do. And we are those people that get involved in Jesus' work. All right? Um, grace is opposed to earning. It's not opposed to effort. There's work to be done. The work of the kingdom to be done. Just le- read the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Read Acts 1. You will be my witnesses all over. That, that's stuff that has to be done. But we are transformed so that we do that well. This is a call to remember who you are as a child of God and as a family of disciples. Let's not forget. If you read the scriptures, and the scriptures are wonderful to read just from cover to cover, even if you don't get everything. But you'll see that most of it is narrative. It's just stories of God's interaction and intervention in the lives of humanity. And the call by the prophets to remember. 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 When you do the Lord's Supper, you are remembering and looking forward. But there's this great call to remember. Remember who you are. Have you ever said that to your kids when they do something? Remember. You're a smith or a whatever. Remember. You represent Something much bigger than yourself. And finally, it's a warning. It's a warning that this life as we know it one day will come to an end. Life won't come to an end as we know it will come to an end. And then the records will be opened. And it's not, if you are in Christ, not, those records are not going to be whether you're in or out. If you're in, you're in. I believe that. It's going to be, what did you do with the stuff I gave you? Were you faithful? Well done, good. And faithful. So come in. Enjoy, share, get your rewards. Oh, you didn't do so good. You're in because you're my son or my daughter. You're in. Come on in. But I can't put you over 10 cities. I'm sorry. I'll have to put you over the latrines or something like that. I think we forget about this day coming. There is a day. The joy is in that day coming, there will also be no tears. There will be no weeping, no pain, no sickness, no arthritis. That will also be all gone. It's a beautiful thing. So what did you hear this morning? In a phrase, what did you hear now? What did you hear? Get your act together. (laughs) Under Jesus. Don't try and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. It's just getting your act together. It's like stepping and say, Jesus, here am I. Use me. Change me. Shape me. Mold me. Strip away that. Wouldn't need to be stripped away. Whatever. Here I am. Is that right? Father, you're an amazing God. You're an amazing Father. And Abba... We belong to you. And Jesus, would you today teach us 
to live our lives the way you would live them if you were us. Jesus, would you teach us today to live our lives the way you would live them if you were us? May we today bring glory to your name. May we be glorious witnesses to the resurrected life. And we love you. We thank you that you love us. In your precious name. Amen.